When it comes to weight loss, no two people are the same. That's why Noom builds personalized plans based on your unique psychology and biology. Take Brittany. After years of unsustainable diets, Noom helped her lose 20 pounds and keep it off. I was definitely in a yo-yo cycle for years of just losing weight, gaining weight, and it was exhausting. And Stephanie. She's a former D1 athlete who knew she couldn't out-train her diet, and she lost 38 pounds. My relationship to food before Noom was never consistent. And Evan, he can't stand salads, but he still lost 50 pounds with Noom. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. Even through the pickiness, Noom taught me that building better habits builds a healthier lifestyle. I'm not doing this to get to a number. I'm doing this to feel better. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom users compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome in the latest episode of the Five on the Floor podcast. I'm Ethan Skolnick. We're on the Five Reasons Sports Network, of course, and you can find us at fivereasonsports.com. That's spelled out, fivereasonsports.com, or the Twitter account with the number Five Reasons Sports, so at Five Reasons Sports with the number five for all of the latest sports news and everything else that's going on down here in South Florida. Also, our other podcast, Three Arts Per Carry, Five Rings, Kane, Cinco Rizonas, and more. And also, we have some watch parties coming up. Alf's going to tell you about those, but we got one coming up at GQ's Craft House on Friday night against Oklahoma City. I don't want to hear that we're a jinx. We're 2-1 and one this season. The Heat have won two tough road games. Already, they got another tough road game coming up. And, of course, coming off the 0-2 stretch in New York after the win in Indiana. Today's episode brought to you in part by Cervanti Men's Custom Clothier. What can I tell you about them? Well, I brought some clothes up with me on the trip from Cervanti because they are terrific to deal with. I had a great experience down there with Blanca. You know, how frustrating is it to shop for dress clothes? You can never seem to find the right fit, color, or style. Maybe you feel like you never know what to wear or how to wear it. You got a wedding, a special event, or you just need professional attire daily. That's why you got to go see Blanco over at Cervani Men's Custom Clothier. That's in South Miami, her private showroom, located right across from Sunset Place on Red Road. It's right above Ashula's, actually. Cervani has been des- designing fine custom-made clothing in South Miami for over 30 years. Your custom-made suits, pants, shirts, and shoes, and I've got some jeans from there as well, will fit you just the way you like. We're working on some cargo shorts for Alf, we're going to put a special insignia on there. So schedule a private consultation with Blanca to start looking your best and get the benefit of a female's perspective on men's fashion. So give her a call. I'm going to give her the number a couple times here. 305-310-2085. That's 305-310-2085. Nothing fits like custom tailored clothes. So stop buying off the rack. And now, today's episode. Welcome to Five on the Floor a Miami Heat and NBA podcast from Ethan Skolnick with Alvon Sydney, a.k.a. Alf954. Brought to you by the Five Reasons Sports Network. All right, Ethan Skolnick back. We've got a full house. I'm still in New York, actually, but Alf and Alex are back in Miami getting ready for that game Wednesday night. The Spurs and the Heat. The Heat go home. Uh, again, after a one and two trip, blowing out Indiana. Losing the two games in New York and not looking particularly good defensively in either. Nikias Duncan has a long and thoughtful and very intelligent piece on our website right now about what the heck has happened to the to the uh, the Heat's defense. 
So look at that because it's not just guesswork there. He's actually breaking down the video and the numbers and can kind of go through whether it's on the perimeter, whether it is at the point, again, the point of attack or also at the rim. It's a little bit of both and he'll, he'll get into that for you. But today we're just going to focus on one person. We're going to focus on Bam Adebayo. And I was up at his clinic at the National Basketball Players Association offices in sort of midtown Manhattan. Uh, it's a great facility there, and he was with the kids for his foundation. It's a great time. I put a lot of stuff on my Instagram accounts at EJ Skolnick and also at Five Reasons Sports. But we're going to just focus on one thing with Bam, and it's not something we expected to focus on when the season started. Is he an all-star? Should he be an all-star this season? And for that, I'm going to bring in Alex and Alf, and we're going to do this kind of two different ways, guys. We have to go based in some part – on who the starting All-Stars are going to be, because Bam is not going to be one of them, which means that he's going to have to be picked as a reserve. And so we have to base it a little on that. But also, you know, I want to look at it in the context of if the starters were picked correctly, would Bam make the team? Um, let's go with who the starters are right now, and you tell me how you feel about this. I'll start with you, Alex. Uh, right now, the starters in the front court, this is based on fan voting. Remember, fans don't have the lion's share of the vote here. Okay, So this is just fan voting. The coaches uh, will get a say as well and I believe the players, um, but the front court is Giannis, Embiid, and Siakam. Those are the first three. Those are the three front court players. Jimmy is fourth right now, but he's further from Siakam than Siakam is from Embiid, and Siakam is coming back this week. So as I said when this started, Toronto, Canada tends to come out for their players for All-Star, and I thought Jimmy was going to have a tough time. The backcourt right now, Trey Young, Kyrie Irving, who hasn't played in about five weeks, and he's coming back this week. And, or he came back already. And Kemba Walker are pretty close to tied, and there's nobody else near them. It's Derrick Rose and Zach Levine. So it's going to be two of those three guys. Are you comfortable with who the fans have voted in as All-Stars so far, Alex? Uh, yeah, I'm not surprised. I've pretty much got it the same with Giannis Embiid and Siakam as the front court there. That, that's what I would have as my front court as well. And I honestly think it should be Kemba and Jimmy in the backcourt. I think it's going to be Kemba and Kyrie end up making it. I'm not sure. So Jimmy is a frontcourt player, right? He can't get into the backcourt, right? Based on the classification. Yeah, they uh, they have Jimmy, even though he's played most of the season at the two, they have him as a frontcourt player. So. Yeah, so I was, I was confused by that because, like, the percentage has been leaning towards him playing the two this whole time. But is it but, clear? Yeah, that's why I, I think it's going to end up being Kemba and Kyrie. Yeah, Alex, that's the thing. Like, is he – I don't know. I mean, what is Duncan? Is he, is Duncan a three? Or are we, are we classifying that as a Duncan's guard, a, right? I yeah, guess you would have to say right now the, that Butler and Nunn is the backcourt. Yeah, okay. So if mm-hmm. that's the case, they've gotten it wrong. Um, if Jimmy was in the backcourt right now just based on votes, and it gets a little different if he was uh, going up against backcourt players, but he would be the leading backcourt vote-getter. So yep. he would have been. he would have been a starter. You're right, and I said that when they when they classified him as a front court player, he's probably going to lose to Siakam with Giannis and NB getting the first two. And you said you're okay with it. I mean, the guards in the Eastern Conference is a train wreck. I mean, it's it's bad um, because Oladipo hasn't been healthy, Lowry hasn't been totally healthy, uh, Van Vliet doesn't have the reputation yet, right? Um, you know, Boston. Uh, you know, Tatum's listed as a front court player, so Jalen Brown, I guess, was a possibility there. But uh, uh, I think he's going to make it. I think he's going to make it too, but Ky- but tr- Kyrie starting. Um, I guess we I mean, knew Kyrie's been happen. awesome when he plays, but it's obviously not been an ideal situation over there. It's been a weird situation with his injuries. 
mm-hmm. and you know, other stuff going on in the locker rooms. But when he has played, he's been awesome. I only said I'm okay with it just because of, you know, Jimmy being classified as a front court player. Uh, you can make a case for Jimmy over Siakam. I don't really, you know, objectively speaking, I think they've both been more or less on the same level. I don't think mm-hmm. that's outrageous to put him over Jimmy. What about, uh, what about the discussion, Alf, of Kemba – uh, versus Trey. I mean, because I, I, okay, Kyrie's kind of his own category. Dinwiddie's been the best guard on the Nets this year. But uh, K- Kemba, Kemba versus Trey. I mean, do you go for the guy who's putting up ungodly numbers in loss after loss after loss, or the guy who used to lose a bunch but is winning a bunch in Boston and still playing well? I mean, if I had to choose one, it'd be Kemba. But if really it should be Kemba and Trey and Kyrie shouldn't even be there, he hasn't played enough. And then um, as far as the front court's concerned, uh, Siakam's missed a ton of time too. Um, well, not a ton, but he's missed some time. So I could see if, you know, people voting Jimmy over Siakam, it doesn't bother me too much. Embiid, Giannis, Siakam, I think that's, I mean, that's not going to bother me if that's what it is. But if Embiid isn't able to play, then you're going to get Jimmy in that starting lineup. Um, right. That's true. I didn't even think of that. I mean, which, cause... uh, which it doesn't look like. Uh, Embiid will be ready for the All-Star game. So he's got he's got is it ligament damage that he's dealing with right now? Is and he that, had that, surgery, and he's only yeah. he's getting reevaluated in another week and a half. Not saying he's back in a week and a half. He's right. getting reevaluated. So and we know we know it doesn't seem like somebody who would play. Right. Well, that's what I'm saying. Right. Like with Embiid, it's always longer than you're anticipating. So yeah, Jimmy could be a starter by default, and that could affect this with Bam. All right. So let's get to Bam out of bio, and let's get to the season that he's having because. I, I there there were some stats that uh, there's this one guy I don't, his name Simon Smith I guess I think is putting out some stats on Twitter about Bam um, I I don't know if he's a personal stat broker for Bam but it, it's pretty incredible stuff like the company that he's been keeping in terms of the numbers he's been putting I'm gonna try to try to look these up but I mean basically you know if you look at Bam's numbers so far this year uh, he's been incredibly consistent uh, the the shooting percentage is is terrific the the assist numbers obviously for big are tremendous. Uh, the rebound numbers have come down a little bit lately. Uh, I kind of feel like uh, the, the rebound numbers are better than the actual rebounding has been of late. Is that, is that fair to say, guys, with, with Bam? Because I, I feel like, especially on the defensive backboards, it's been a bit of an issue lately. Yeah, they haven't been. They've been getting outworked, uh, especially on the defensive boards. They've been giving up a, a ton of offensive rebounds, a ton of second-chance points. And I don't know if it's where Bam is positioned. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a lot of times he's out of position, and this is one of the things that uh, Nikias talked about in his article today about the way they're playing defense up top on their perimeter. We can talk about that another time. But, um, yeah, lately his defense – I mean, his, uh, his defensive rebounding hasn't been great. And when he's, not, when, it, when he's not rebounding the ball well and then DJJ hasn't really been doing much, um, it just leaves a big hole down there. Here, here, I found the uh, – it's actually Simon Sperling is his Twitter account, although it goes by Simon Smith. It is a pretty incredible stat. Uh, through 39 games, Bam Adebayo has posted 600 <laughs> – this is one of those basketball reference stats. It's like, let's, let's just pick some random numbers. Bam Adebayo has posted 618 points, 404 rebounds, and 177 assists while shooting 59.3% from the field. The only other players to have achieved this through 39 games – this is kind of like – you know, the New York Mets are 17 and two, you know, in games with dark shadows, you know, yeah, yeah right. Okay. Sure end point. Right. right. With, 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 with someone eating, you know, an ice cream sandwich in the sixth row. Uh, but the only other numbers to have achieved this through 39 games per basketball reference, Wilt Chamberlain, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and Charles Barkley. Um, 
It's pretty good to to be in that company. But I, let, let's, I would say he's he's on that arc for sure, no doubt. Yeah, he's on the Chamberlain arc, uh, Alex. Uh, but let's let's evaluate his season from the beginning because we started this year wondering who their number two player was going to be. I think you can make an argument that in some ways, in some games, in some situations, he's been their number one player. I don't think there's any question he's one of their top two players this season. Uh, has he surprised you with anything that he's done this season? Honestly, the fact that he was able to put it all together so quickly. And that has, and that's, I'm only saying that because of just the way that Heat guys have tended to develop in the sense that they take, you know, they take these guys along very gradually. And I think Bam was kind of putting it together very quickly this year where he went from, you know, he's projected to put up numbers and be a very good player on a winning team to, oh yeah, he is Jimmy's clear number two. He, you know, is pretty much impacting winning on almost the same level as Jimmy is, if not just as much. And, you know, he's put it all together so quickly. I think there's no doubt he's an all-star. And no matter what type of stats you look at, right, like those stats that you just pointed out right now, along with everything else that you could find on him, will tell you that he is an impactful two-way player, that he's doing it at a high level. And that's why I'm like, you know, I think it's obvious at this point, right, especially if the Heat keep having a home court seed. He should be in the all-star team. It should be him and Sabonis, I think, as the back of bigs. Ahead of Taco Fall? You really think he deserves it over Taco Fall? But by the way, the voting right now is looking at it. Taco Fall is still ahead of him, uh, number six. I, I thought Bam would have a creative enough name that he would stay ahead of Taco. Apparently, I mean, you were there in Summer League, right? You saw, you saw, I saw Taco uh, Fall. I did. Oh, the I did, crowds. The crowd yeah, would how, go crazy. The, the, the crowd did react to Taco Fall. Um, I feel like, you know, we're just hearing about Taco Fall and Alex Caruso. Like, I, Alex Caruso has suddenly become one of the top five players uh, in, in the entire NBA. I saw something from Slam Magazine where they were like, uh, you know, why is nobody talking about the Utah Jazz? And, like, the responses to the tweet were, why don't you talk about the Utah Jazz instead of Alex <laughs> instead Caruso? Instead of talking about Caruso and Kuzma? Caruso, Kuzma. My, and respond, Ta- Taco my Fall. response was Caruso got a new head man, so. Right. That, that, that's it. That's all, any, that's all anybody cares about. Um, why Alf, are the ratings down? I wonder why. Anyway. Well, well, right. And, and putting New Orleans and Golden State on TV all the time. Although Zion is coming back this week. Uh, Bam, what do you want to see him do better, Alf? I mean, it's hard. Um, he just lately, he's been attacking, been more aggressive. It's it's funny. It's hard to say what I would like to see him do better. It's almost like I feel like he could do more things if all the guys around him were playing a little bit better lately. Um, I think that's kind of the reason why some why, why maybe we've seen some uh, a little bit of a drop off in some of the numbers. But his aggressiveness is just. Is off the charts right now. There are some times where he he's still passing and a little tentative, but I mean, from where he was last year to where he is this year, like you really, really can't complain. And talk about what where he's improved or if he if he's surprised us. This has always been what his th- uh, per thirty six minutes was going to look like. Right. Right. He just never got the opportunity. So now we see him with the opportunity. We see him aggressive. We see him with a guy. Uh, like Jimmy, who seems to implicitly trust him, uh, almost trusted him too much the other night where he dropped the ball off to him and he mm-hmm. bumped and he fumbled the ball. Um, but besides that, man, Bam is doing everything everything that he should be doing. And the coaches and NBA analysts and other players, they all see it out of Bam. So I'm 100% sure he's going to be voted as a reserve at least. 
well, we're going to go through the guys in a second, but what you mentioned about per 36 minutes is interesting. So let, let's go through this because I, I, you know, players project a certain way by their per 36, but then to, to me, the big test is when you start actually getting close to the 36 minutes, can you do it for that length of time? Right? Like everybody says, well, he's a per 36. This is what he does. And, and, and so he'll do it when he gets 36 minutes, but not every player can sustain it. Uh, from, you know, in terms of the way teams react to him uh, or also just a conditioning standpoint. Like once they start getting up into the high 20s, their production falls off. It's, it's the thing that everybody always said about Derek Jeter, which I agreed with. Like Derek Jeter was, everybody talked about what a great postseason player he was. He was exactly the same player in the postseason he was in the regular season. And that's the trick, right? Because in the postseason, Derek Jeter was facing, wasn't facing like the 11th guy in, on a pitching staff. He was getting the top three starters over and over the closer and the setup guy. Right. And can but he hit three Oh two in the regular season and he hit three Oh two in the postseason. So he was the same player against better competition. Bam has been basically the same player with more minutes and with teams reacting to him and putting him on the scouting report in a way they didn't before. So here's the per 36 right now. We're halfway through the season. He's played 39 games again, been incredibly durable. He played all 82 last year. He has shot 59% from the field. Last year, it was 57.6. So that's gone up a little bit. Uh, per 36, he's making one more field goal per game per that period of time. 6.3 as opposed to 5.3. His attempts have gone up from 9.1 to 10.7. So they've gone up a little bit, but he's making a little bit more. Obviously, the three-pointer is not a factor at this point. Free throw percentage is down a little bit, but his attempts per 36 are up. So last year, it was 4.3 per 36 minutes, and now it's 5.7, which is very high. The rebounding, almost the same. Last year, 11.2 per 36 minutes. Now it's 10.9. Defensive rebounding is virtually the same. Offensive rebounding is a tick down, but otherwise the same. This is the steals, 1.3 last year, 1.3 this year. Blocks, 1.2 last year, 1.2 this year. But here's the two numbers that have gone up. Points per 36 minutes last year, 13.7. This year, 16.6. And the assists, last year, 3.5 per 36 minutes. This year, 4.8. So he's had pretty dramatic increases. That's like a 30% increase in assists per 36 minutes and roughly a 25% increase in points. So that's what's impressive to me, guys, is that like everybody knew he was going to get the reins this year, and he's been able to handle it. And that, to me, is the next step, like a progression from a first year to a second year. The first year, you're getting your feet wet. We see that with Tyler Hero. The second year, you show enough to prove that you can be a starter. The third year, there's a breakout where you try to sustain what you did the second year with increased minutes. And then I think what's really coming is next year. I, I think now that he's got confidence, the game is slowing down for him. Like, I think this is an all-star season for him. But next year, I think, is a potentially a top 15 player in the NBA season for him. I mean, yeah, I would agree with you. And the thing is, we're talking about per 36, he's playing 34.3. So like you were saying, um, a lot of guys, their per 36 minutes look great until they actually play 36 minutes. He's playing almost 35 minutes a game, and he's putting up these numbers. So it, like, it was very predictive what his per 36 minutes. And like we, we've always said with Bam, his motor doesn't slow down. Right. So it doesn't matter. His, his conditioning's out of control from, from – from tip to the end of the game, like, I mean, he's going full, full force the entire, the entire time. So that's why, yeah, his per 36 minutes are not going to drop off because he's actually getting those minutes. He has that same motor throughout the entire game. 
See, do you think? Do you think Alex that he can be? I mean, again, he's an all star. I, I think we're we're going to go through it after the break and see where he fits and who potentially could squeeze him out. I don't think it's going to happen. But uh, do you think we're looking at a guy who can be a top fifteen player in the NBA? Yeah, I think if he really, really puts it all together after a few more years of doing what he does and gradually getting better, I think he definitely gets to that point. And like I said before, any metric you look at will confirm that he's taking a jump this year. And not only just off of more opportunities. I think it's obvious when you watch him that since the start of the season to now, he's gotten better. He's polished his game a little bit more. He's showing improvement on the offensive end game after game where he looks more comfortable scoring in different ways, isn't doing some of the stuff that he was in the beginning of the season where he wasn't even looking at the basket. And the fact that he's improving at this rate just tells you, like, like what Leif always says, right? No ceiling. Like, I don't know where the ceiling is for him. Well, that's what's impressed me. There was a point where it was that first Philly game where he thought, oh, my God, this is going to be a problem. They can just sit back in the paint and they don't have to play Bam out of bio anywhere above the free throw line. That hasn't been the case anymore. Um, He's he's gotten way more aggressive in those in those circumstances. So people do have the the opposing center does have to come out of the paint. Um, opened, it's opened up some more things, and he's actually gotten more aggressive and scored in some of those situations instead of just being the guy who rotates the ball at the top of the key. He's actually looking He's looking for his own his own shot, and he's actually he's, uh, making a lot of passes out of that situation. So the fact that he's improved from 15 games ago is something that we can applaud because a lot of guys don't make that kind of improvement in season. And, what yep. I think and one more – Go ahead. Sorry, one more thing. Uh, again, to hop into the point of more than just increased opportunities, I'm looking right now at his shooting over the past years, like from every spot on the floor on basketball reference. And this year, he improved in every single one, except from 16 feet to three-point range, which is mm-hmm. weird. It's kind of cut in half, actually. But everything else uh, is actually up. So I think it, it just speaks to the fact that he's gotten better and better. The one thing he really needs to do now to really polish his game a little Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes, so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress instead of perfection. You don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M dot com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for a hundred healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. More is hit free throws because he's under 70% and just keep getting better at those longer shots, keep improving the range. That's all there is for him right now, right? Like everything else, he's kind of got a, at a nine out of 10 or more. Well, I'm stunned. I'm, that he's, player I'm, stunned of the level. I'm stunned that he's shooting free throws at a lower percentage than Hassan. I, that I didn't expect. Um, and, and you're right. He's, he's got to get that over 70 because with the attempts going up, I mean, you're talking then if, you know, the difference between, you know, if he's taking that many attempts, the difference between 75% and 
is potentially a point that decides a game. So, I, I mean, that, that has to games. It, it, right. That has to change a little bit. Um, I, I think he's going to keep getting to the line even more. So that needs, you know, that is something he's going to need to improve. Um, and we're going to get to the, the whole all-star thing in a second. But I, I think what's interesting, we talk about his development. You know, there's been three guys who've had, I think, the most influence on him. And this is something I want to talk to him about. If we have him on a podcast, I was trying to get him the other day at his event, but he was a little too tied up. But the, the three players who've had the most influence on him are Alonzo Mourning, Chris Bosh, and Udonis Haslam. And what's interesting, I mean, three of the all-time bigs in Miami Heat history, right? Oh, it's like the holy trinity of Heat bigs. It is. I mean, just, you know, forget Shaq was here, right? And it's those three. Um, and what's, what's interesting is those three doing completely different skill sets. And I feel like Bam has the ability to be a combination of all three in some ways. I, I think the, the sort of the smoothness of his game and when he, and I look, I watched him the other night, the other day at his event. And I mean, he's playing around with a bunch of kids, but he loves shooting long shots. Like he just kept launching from deep. You know, I, I feel like it's coming, but I feel like he doesn't have confidence in it. But like that part of it, the smoothness of his, smoothness of his game, his ability to get out on shooters, to switch the intelligence of his game, that's Bosch. Okay. Like that is Bosch. And I think that's going to come as the skill set gets, gets better. The intensity that he plays with, the motor that he plays with, is a combination of Zoe and Haslam. I don't think he's got the mean streak that Zoe does. Um, you know, very few did. Uh, or that UD that, does. Or that UD does. But I, but I think that the motor is comparable. And the leadership ability, I think, is, is in – this is why Haslam and Zoe both anointed him, remember? Both of them. And Bosch did to a certain degree too, but they both anointed him. Like Zoe has been for two years – talking about he's the next great big and then Haslam put out the Instagram post and says, you know, this is the guy who's going to carry the legacy. He could have chosen anybody else. He could have chosen justice. Right. I mean, he, I mean, but he picked who do you now? Jimmy wasn't here yet, but he picked, uh, I don't believe he was here, but he picked bam. So I think to be a combination of those three, but not only to be a combination of them, but I remember he had Juwan Howard's influence last year too, which is pretty damn good. Um, but to not only be a combination, but all three are still around. Like, that's what's different about the Heat. Like, he can lean on those three resources. That's something I really want to talk to him about. Because, I mean, they're still around. Bosch is still around from time to time. Zoe is at a lot of practices. And, and you know, and obviously, Udonis is right there with him in the locker room. So, I, I think that stuff is really positive. All right, we're going to get to the – we're going to actually break down the All-Star thing here quickly. We come back. I want to tell you about another great sponsor, the Five Reasons Sports Network. That's East Coast Public Adjusters, which wants to let you know there's only nine months left now. We started these ads over ten months. Now it's nine months left to open your IRMA claim. So make sure that you do it before it's too late. That's 855-GET-ECPA. That's 855-GET-ECPA. If you got a leaky roof, experiencing plumbing issues, those problems are most likely covered by your insurance policy. So don't settle for less for a free, no obligation inspection called East Coast Public Adjusters. They've been in business for 31 years. That's, again, since the Miami Heat have been alive. So again, it's 855 855- Get ECPA, 855-GET-ECPA or ecpaclaims.com. They're knowledgeable staff standing by to answer all of your questions. All right, now that we're back here on Five on the Floor, Alf had to go, but he's registered his opinion before he left, as he tends to do. He believes Bam's an all-star. He doesn't really see any way that he's not an all-star. So Alex and I are going to go through it, though. Uh, player by player, and all the players that potentially could get in the way of Bam being an all-star. So let's let's go from here. Um, not who we think should be the starters, but who will likely be the starters. Okay, so Alex, we've already kind of addressed this. 
But in the front court, the leading vote getters are Embiid, Siakam, and Giannis. Clearly, it's going to be Giannis. It's Embiid if he's healthy. Let's assume health. Okay, let's assume health. And then Siakam, let's assume he finishes ahead of Butler. He's probably going to extend that lead now that he's come back and, you know, the Heat have lost a couple games. And also, you know, we know Toronto and Canada, they tend to vote in their players. Then the backcourt, let's assume Kyrie and Kemba. Because Kyrie's back, he was maintaining, you know, a top two spot even when he wasn't playing. Now he's back. He'll probably win a few games. So let's assume Kyrie and Kemba. So those five are off the board. Embiid, Siakam, Giannis, Kyrie, Kemba. We've got seven spots left. They don't necessarily have to be split front court, back court, but you want to have a little bit of balance. So here are the players that I think are givens. And we'll see if you and I agree on this. Jimmy Butler, Bradley Beal are six and seven. Do we agree? Yes, but I wouldn't be surprised if we get some people saying, you know, trying to kind of go at the idea that Beal is a lock just because of the fact that he plays for such a bad team. And, you know, he's kind of got a lot of the same stuff that Trey Young has with both putting up great numbers and playing pretty terrible defense. The difference with that is I think Beal can be a good defender, at least a, a solid, decent defender when he's actually trying and playing on a good team that has other good defenders around him and maybe not the worst defenders in the league around him, like Isaiah Thomas. But whereas Trey Young has definitely got a ways to go there. But um, yeah, I would agree, though. I would agree, though, that Beal should get in. I think he's really, 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 really good. Well, and the other thing about it is, I mean, he's ahead of, ahead in the, in the longevity line, right, in the tenure line ahead of uh, Trey Young. So, I, I, you know, there may be a sense that Trey Young needs to wait his turn, and Bradley Beal's already proven it, done it on a playoff team, uh, been yep. the best player on the Wizards now for the past couple of years, carried them even though, uh, of course. And has consistently gotten really, better too. He's consistently gotten better. The overall numbers, by the way, across the board are better than Trey Young's. Now, I, I know just from pure – scoring maybe not but everything else and the scoring is there too so I'm, I'm putting him there okay so we've got now seven Embiid Siakam Giannis Butler Kyrie Kemba and Beal in all right so we've got five spots left all right so here are the players for those five spots Bam Sabonis Drummond those are the front court players I came up with there's no other front court player that that jumps out to me the two Celtics Brown and Tatum Dinwiddie Trey Young Chris Middleton, Simmons, Lowry. I know you've laughed at this when we've talked off the air, but Zach Levine, <laughs> he's had moments lately. <laughs> Dwayne, just, Dwayne just says he's next. I don't know. Uh, and Malcolm Brogdon. Yeah, sure. Malcolm Brogdon. Now, of those players uh, that we're talking about, there are six teams in the East that are relevant this year, right? Okay, so let's go through how many, of, how many players are already in from the top seven. Philly's got one. Boston has one. The Heat have one. Toronto has one. Milwaukee has one. And then there's the two teams that are not as good, Washington and Nets. So the top five. So the only team of the top six that doesn't have anybody. By the way, uh, we haven't talked about Orlando. Is there an Orlando player that belongs on this list somewhere? I mean, if there's anybody, it's, it's, it's probably Vucevic. He okay. Could, could, I think I would probably have him higher than Drummond, to be honest. But All right, so time, let's get him on there. Let's get him on there. In, ca in case they make a run over the Knicks. So we're taking Devontae Graham out. Like, he's shooting 37%. And he was an all-star last year, too, right? Uh, Vucevic? Vucevic has made an all-star team, yes. Okay, and Aaron Gordon, no. Uh, Fournier, no? Nah. Okay. All right, so, okay, so we've gone through this now. Of the top seven guys that we've identified, the five best teams in the East have one player each. The only team that does not is Indiana. 
which, and I know that they're typically overlooked and it would have been Oladipo if he was healthy, but that's why I think I, I have to give an eighth spot to Indiana. I think they're going to get one. Right. No doubt. So absolutely that, should get one. All right. So if that's the case, is it Sabonis or is it Brogdon? I would lean towards Sabonis. I think you could make a case for honestly, either one of them, because that's been the way that they've won so many games, right? They've been a pretty solid defense and their offense is run around Brogdon and Sabonis, that pick and roll attack. Sabonis has been pretty dominant inside. He's a natural polished offensive player. He's just a beast on that end of the floor, right? He could do some ball handling stuff, averaging over four assists a game, just like Bam. And so Brockton has taken another step this year, right? Where he doesn't have obviously the same high percent shooting percentages that he had playing next to Giannis, but you know, he's putting up almost 18 a game, seven assists, four rebounds. You know, he's, he has been the engine him and, and, you know, that pick and roll attack with him and Sabonis has been that engine. So I think you can make a case for either, either one of them. I would, I would, I think Sabonis has been a little better. I watch him and I'm like, wow, that guy, he's the best player on their team. Okay. So if that's the case, we're giving Indiana a spot, one of the eight spots so far. I think you can make a case for two of them, to be honest. I think well, they both been that I, good, I, but I, I would I, give Sabonis I don't, a spot. I don't want to make a case for two yet. Let, let, let's get, let's get an Indiana player on there. So we're just going to assume one of them. Let's go with Sabonis, but it could be either or. Okay. But let's say it's Indiana. So now we're at eight. Embiid, Siakam, Giannis, Butler, an Indiana player, Kyrie, Beal, and Kemba. We've got four – Kyrie shouldn't be there, but he is. So we've got four spots left. Um, I mean, if one, Beal should be there, then I think Kyrie should be there, right? Mm, the Nets have a better team. I mean, a better yeah, record. Kyrie's, Kyrie's putting up big numbers half, too. Kyrie's missed almost half the season. All right, but, but let's – okay, we've got eight, and I'm, you know I'm not a Kyrie fan. Okay, but let's let, – well, now we've got the number nine player here to me is one of the Boston Wings. So, right, are we going to put one of the Boston Wings in the top nine somewhere or in the top 12? Okay. I think you kind of have to, yeah. All right, so so we've got one of the Boston Wings. We don't have both yet, but we've got one of the Boston Wings. Is it Brown or is it Tatum? I've thought about this, and I think I'm going to say Brown. I've been so impressed every time that I've watched him this year. I think he's gotten a lot better at just staying composed in the offensive end. He doesn't look like, you know, just kind of a mediocre 3 and D guy like he was before because he's not really a three-point shooter. And I think Brad Stevens now has done a better job of utilizing him in, in the skill set that he brings. Like right now he's putting up about 20 points a game, almost seven rebounds, two assists. He's doing it on 49% from two, 39% from three. You know, he's taking five three-point attempts a game. So he's gotten better in that aspect as well. 77% free throw shooter, getting four attempts a game. Like he's an impact player on both ends. I think he's a better defender than Tatum is right now, even though I think Tatum has made steps on that end as well. But the tiebreaker there is Tatum's inefficiency, which I got to check right now. But I believe, let me see, he's at 43% from the field this year and 36 from three, which is not terrible because he's he's a scorer for them, right, more than anything else. So he's going to be taking higher, you know, higher – volume of shots and a harder shots as well because he, he's one of those scorer types but yeah i think between brown's leap this year i would take him over tatum all right but let's okay stuff. all right so let's say brown okay so we're at nine so we've got nine guys now we've got three spots left three spots this is why i'm telling you this is more of a squeeze for bam than people are assuming because they're just looking at the positions but they're not looking over by the way sorry i forgot to mention this brown and tatum are putting up almost identical stat lines when you just look at the straight points rebounds assists so that's why I said the, the efficiency was a tiebreaker there. Well, the efficiency should be. I think it may end up being Tatum because I think he's the higher profile player for whatever reason. But, uh, yes, I, I agree with you. But, again, we're going to say one of the Boston wings is going to be in the top nine. 
So we've got three spots left, Alex. I mean, this is, mm-hmm. uh, this is getting tougher than I think people assume. Let me give you the names again. Um, Bam, Drummond, Vucevic, the other Boston wing, which we have as Tatum, Dinwiddie, Trey Young, Chris Middleton, Kyle Lowry, Ben Simmons, and I'll throw him in there, Zach Levine. Uh, who, of those guys, that's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. We've got ten guys for three spots. Who has yeah. been the best player of those ten? I think your point is well made here. There's definitely a way that Bam could not make team. There's obviously a lot of candidates. But again, I feel like in the past, uh, obviously we could we would have to look through it, but I feel like in the past the coaches have ended up leaning towards the – high-impact players on winning teams, and the Heat have consistently been one of the best teams in the East so far this year, which is why I do think Bam makes it. But if I had to go from that group of people, I'm going to say Bam is in there, I'm going to say Simmons is in there, and I'm going to say Lowry is in there. And we talked about this off-air with Alf, and he wasn't so sure about uh, that the inclusion of Simmons and Lowry in there just because of you know Lowry not being as efficient as he was and missing games and you know Simmons... Alf said that he feels like people blame Simmons for the Sixers not being as good as they should be. And I do get those points, but I do think the coaches are going to end up going for the two-way guys, guys are on winning teams. And I do think coaches think Ben Simmons is a highly impactful player. I think coaches think Bam and Lowry are highly impactful players. And by the way, I don't know if we said this already, but I think Middleton is a lock. Well, okay, no, no, hold on. All right, I was going to get to that because you didn't mention him. And we're, okay, so we've got three spots left. And you just picked Bam... Simmons and Lowry, and I don't think there's any way the Bucks don't get two. So I, I I'm putting Chris. I, I'm putting. But I have Chris my, Middle- I have mine written down, and I have all of those guys in there. No, in, no, no. Hold on. Let's go spots. through it. Let's go through it. I'm putting Chris Middleton <laughs> on the top ten. Okay, so let's 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 go through it again. Chris, to me, Chris Middleton is ten. Uh, it's not because he's better than Bam, but because they are the best team in the NBA right now, or they're right there with the Lakers. And and he's he, been really and, good. And he's been he's been really good, and he's their second best player. There's no question he's their second best player. So so, so he's putting up in a stat line of 19, six and four, and 48 percent from the field, 40 from three, mm-hmm. almost 90 percent from the free throw line. Plus he defender. is essentially Giannis a sidekick. Yep. Absolutely. Okay. So 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 take a look at it now. Okay, we got 10. We've got Embiid again, assuming playing. Siakam, now he's back. Giannis, Middleton, Butler, all in the front court. An Indiana player, which we said is Sabonis. A Boston wing, that makes seven. We say it's Brown for now, not Tatum. Kyrie, Beal, Kemba, that's ten. We've, oh, got, two, we've, got, we've got two left now, okay? Go through the list again. Bam, Vucevic, Tatum. I think Dinwiddie's off with Kyrie there. Trey, Lowry, Simmons, and Levine. And this is why I said, and we talked about this off air, I think this is where Bam potentially gets squeezed. I think it comes down to two out of three with Bam, Lowry, and Simmons. Yeah. And Toronto just won the championship. Toronto just won the championship, right? I I think that there's I, – I, again, I believe Bam is an all-star. I would put Bam over Simmons. I, I, I would put Bam over Lowry. I think right now he's – on this list, if we're going to take an Indiana player, take a Boston wing, and this is, again, with Tatum not making it, um, then I think Bam makes the team. But I think it could be a situation where Bam might be tied to whether NB plays or not because I could see a scenario where Simmons and Lowry are put on the team. Coaches love Lowry now. They didn't used to early in his career. But where Lowry and Simmons make the team and then Bam becomes 13 and becomes the guy that gets put in for MB. Is this crazy? That's interesting. It's not crazy. It's interesting because, first of all, we're not even sure 
how the coaches feel about Sabonis or Bam because we already know Bam is a defensive player of the year type of candidate. Maybe he's not there right now, but he's he's a top he's been a top ten defender this year, no doubt about it. And Sabonis has been an awesome player, but he doesn't have that part. And yes, he is more offensively polished than Bam. That's why I think it's interesting, right? Because it's like I don't know who they prefer there. And also, if you're gonna think somebody's tied with Embiid not making the game, I think it's Ben Simmons. <laughs> Right, right, but maybe he's on anyway. But here's here's the other thing that becomes problematic because both you and I don't have Trey Young on it. Here's the other thing that becomes problematic. What if the two starting guards end up being Trey and Kyrie? Which could happen because the voting right now had both of them right there with Kemba because you know if Kemba's not a starter, he's making the team, right? Agreed? Yeah, no doubt. Well, that adds another body. Because Trey ends up being a starter, whereas neither you or I have him on the team. I think this Kyrie is what, might be voted out in that in that case. And it made by the coaches, right? But what if he has a substantial lead lead with the fans? I, I'm just. This is why I, I I wanted to do this tonight because I think we've been putting Bam in the All Star game just because we believe he's an All Star. I think he's an All Star. He's having an All Star season. He's making an impact on both ends. Uh, he, like I said, he impacts winnings winning in a real way. But when you start to look at some of these names and you look at Simmons's reputation, you look at Lowry winning the championship last year and on a team that's still very competitive, even though he's missed some time and his percentage is not particularly good. Uh, you look at the possibility of Trey starting, which would push Kemba to the bench possibly. And then Kemba's a player who's going to get voted in. The Celtics would end up getting two, I think, no matter what. And Kemba will be one of them along with one of the wings. When you start to look at it that way and you say Indiana has to probably get a player and Bucks have to get two because Middleton deserves it and they're the best team in the East by far, I can see a scenario where Bam, who has been motivated all year by not making the USA team, right, behind people like Miles Turner and one of the Plumleys, uh, where he could get squeezed out for, of all people, Ben Simmons. Well, listen, tomorrow, tomorrow might be the night where – we officially put Bam on the All-Star team after what he does to the Spurs. You know he's coming for revenge on Popside. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> That's true. Put up like that... 40 and 20, and we're going to be like, oh, he's, he's on there. Well, he but better, no, I... Alex, because otherwise there's going to be a whole lot of LMA uh, tweets about how they got to go get Aldridge. But but you're right. So, all right, so have I – I'm going to put Bam's oh. chances of making the All-Star team at 60%. I, I, I would like to go higher than that, but I think looking at some of the, the names – you think it's 60%? If MB doesn't play, then I think it's closer to 90%. But I think if MB is a starter and plays, I think it's 60%. That's Listen, if MB doesn't play and Bam isn't on the All Star game, we riot. That's all I'm <laughs> We riot. And I don't right. know what that means, but we riot. Well, yeah, I don't know what it means either. I don't think we're really going to riot. But anyway, uh, make sure you check out another one of our sponsors. That's the Seltzer Bayberg Law Firm. You can find them at onecalllegal.com. Make sure you spell it out O N E, calllegal.com. Someone there 24 hours a day to take your concern, whether it's immigration, personal injury, traffic tickets, or just about anything else. They're based in North Miami right before the Golden Glades, where they take cases from all over the state. And as I mentioned, Watch Party, we're 2-1 this year. 2-1 this year. I'll be there for at least the first half. Alf, Alf and Alex, everybody else, will be out there. We had a great time last time at GQ's Craft House. We watched them beat the Bucks without Jimmy Butler. So don't blame us. We're 2-0 and in Broward this year. GQ's Craft House on Friday night. We'll be there starting at 7 o'clock. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for listening to The Five on the Floor on the Five Regional Sports Network.
Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.